What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. How to make a million dollars. And I would say and add that that is not your biggest expense. Mm. Your biggest expense is that you don't know how to make a million dollars with other people's money. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is how you compress time. That is how you compete with the big boys, mm. right? So if Ash Cass is able to raise $100 million and I'm over here and I have some IP and I'm only sitting over here at $10 million, how am I going to compete with you? Mm-hmm. You can knock on my door the next day and say, hey, I want to buy you for $20 million. Mm-hmm. I want to buy you for $50 million. And you still have $50 million to play with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So using other people's money is that is it allows you to exponentially grow your wealth and your impact. If you are a small business and you want to learn how to get other people to fund your dreams, then you need to pay attention to this episode. With over $130 billion in venture capital funds that go to businesses, only 1.3% of that money goes to black businesses. Well, we have someone that's gonna change that narrative So stay tuned. Pay attention and listen. He about to teach class. Inside the boat, my man asked cash. So get your man right. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. You see him and change your life. Millionaire mindset, the best on earth. Blueprint to wealth and knowledge network. Forget it while you can and he's standing right here. Just come inside the boat and see black millionaires. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. The guest that we have today is so powerful. I don't even read bios, but I'm gonna read this bio so you can understand the power, the level that we come in, right? We have Derek Pearson in the building and Derek helped brands become magnets for funding, having built five successful brands that have raised millions of dollars. And as the co-founder of the Center for Black Innovation, Derek's work has been featured in Comcast, NBC, Today Show, Afrotech, Black Enterprise, TechCrunch, Inc., and Forbes. He was honored at the White House as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under 30 in 2011. Derek's work has helped founders who went on to raise over $100 million. He has helped fund managers raise over $15 million. The second largest mall in the United States invested seven figures in his first venture, Feverish Pops. He also, right, built a brand that was acquired for seven figures. He partnered with Comcast NBC Universal to expose over 3 million students to coding. He has convened over 10,000 founders, investors, and entrepreneurs support organization. He has trained over 2,000 youths and adults for STEM careers. He is also the author of Spitting Games. Ladies and gentlemen, please, I need you to give a round of applause for my guy, Derek Pearson. What's, what's up, brother? What's up with you? Oh, no, man. I'm good. I'm good. Woo. Like, I read your bio, and I was like, yo, there's no way that I'm going to introduce you in another way. Uh -huh. Like, I need this to do its justice because the work that you're doing is phenomenal. I mean, man, to be so young and to have done all of this and be and literally uh, be the magnet to kind of help our community build fundable brands is phenomenal, right? And but. Before we get into that, in your words, who is Derek Pearson? Hey, Derek Pearson is a, a young man that grew up to an older man from Bainbridge, Georgia, attended Morehouse College. And on my admissions essay, I said I wanted to be a pillar in the black community. So everything that I've been doing is to help black entrepreneurs raise money, scale money, and transform the community. Mm, I love that. I love that. And in today's day and age, you know, you got a lot of people who... They say they're the CEO of their company. They started this. They did that. People have brands, and then you have a fundable brand, yeah. right? Can you tell me that what's the difference between a brand and a fundable brand? Think of it this way. So when you have a brand, you're making things cute. You know what I'm saying? For likes, right? When you have a fundable brand, you're creating a value for funding, mm. right? So a fundable brand has three components, right? You have the look and the feel of it, the emotion that a brand gives you, mm. right? That's what most people conceive a brand as, that emotion. How does it emotionally change you? Mm. But it also has, like, how you satisfy a customer. Mm. So it has that cu customer satisfaction portion of it. That's how you generate the sales from that brand. Mm. And then most importantly, you have the business model aspect of it. You have that investor mindset. So how does an investor look at your brand? Mm. How do they view it? Is it scalable? Can I put my money in there? Have you de-risked that investment into the riskiest of investments, which is a startup organization? Mm. So that's what we try to create within the brand. How do you make that brand competitive mm. so that you can attract that money? Mm. When you say scalable and de-risking, like, like break that down, right? Like, like, like what makes a business scalable? What does scalable even mean? 
Mm. Scalable means that you can take over the market. Mm. You can control your own destiny, mm. right? So you want to be able to grow and to be able to fulfill the orders of your customer base, mm. right? To be able to expand into new opportunities. Mm. That means you're just growing bigger and bigger and bigger. There's no limit. You can infinitely grow, mm. right? That's when we start getting into that metaphysical yes, on sir. them, right? Yes, so that's technically what we mean when we say, like, hey, you need to be scalable. And so most people believe like you you know raising money is very difficult right uh-huh. um what's your thoughts on that raising money is difficult when you don't know how to raise money mm. right you haven't been coached mm. you don't have the mindset to raise money mm. so when we start talking about that mindset you need to have ownership mindset you need to have a salesmanship mindset and you need to have a, a mindset about around relationships mm. those are the three components of transforming your mindset so that you can actually become that capital allocator mm. most people don't realize that ceos are capital allocators mm. right mm. they actually raise that money and they know how to deploy that money mm. so that they can maximize the returns yeah. because they have a fiduciary responsibility, a legal responsibility to the shareholders mm. to make as much money as possible. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you have that mindset. Mm. You need to transform whatever mindset you currently have yeah. to one of generating as much profit, impact, and wealth mm. as you possibly can. Man, oh, you, drive, you ain't come to play, right? And so I think that when people think about you know, scaling their business, taking their business to the next level or looking for venture capital, they're only looking at the money, right? Mm -hmm. When you raise money for your business, how important is who you're actually taking the money from? Like, is it is it just about the money or is it is it bigger than just accepting money to, to grow your oh, business? man, it's bigger. Yeah, it's yeah. way bigger. Yeah. And so let's let's take it back. We're not even just talking about venture capital. We're mm. talking about all funding. Mm. We're talking about employees at a major corporation. Mm. If you're a manager, you every year during the fourth quarter, you have to fight for that budget line item mm. for the next year. Yeah. So how do you present yourself? How do you present your division so that you can increase your budget line item so that you can actually accomplish the goals that you need to accomplish next year, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're a not-for-profit organization, how do you raise the capital so you can actually transform people? Mm. Because not-for-profits are in the people transformation mm. business, right? Yeah. Yeah. For-profit entities are in the people satisfaction business. Yeah. So how do you transform those? So you have to think broadly about mm. all of the funding that you can actually tap into. Mm. So the people that you take money from is extremely important. And that goes into that relationship portion of it, right? Most of the time, we talk to people that only have the authority to say no, mm. and they never have the authority to say yes. Mm. So that means that you need to actually manage who you talk to mm. and build a relationships with the right person who can say yes to the check mm. and give you the check so you can scale. I tell this story. When I took my first check, that $1 million check for feverish popsicles, I didn't have anyone to tell me and teach me about contracts, mm -hmm. right? They didn't tell me what I should look out for and what I should make sure is in there and how to properly protect myself, mm -hmm. right? So I had to build those relationships, mm -hmm. right? And one thing that I note, noted was that they already had an exit strategy, mm. right? So they were technically not the investor that I wanted to be in business with. Oh. So wait, wait, wait. So, so you sold one of your companies for a million dollars. 
and who you sold the business to already had an exit strategy, meaning that they knew how they wanted to grow the business, but eventually sell it or, or, or leave the business. So I didn't, I gave them percentage of the ownership. Mm. We came in 50 50. Got it. Right? We allowed them to come into the board. The board of any organization is what controls the show. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I allowed them to come in at 50% uh, ownership mm. in the board. Yeah. Right? And they were having conversations with us about being in this thing for 10, 20 years yeah. and scaling it to a multi-billion dollar organization. Yeah. And during our grand opening for this new facility and manufacturing facility that we built together, mm. I saw one of their employees over in the corner and he had this pitch deck. He had his deck. And I was like, I never seen that deck. Mm. They showed me all these different decks, mm. but they never showed me that deck. Mm. And I asked him, can you, can you hand me that? Can I, can I check that out? Yeah. He said, oh, I'm not really supposed to let you see this. I said, I'm not going to tell anybody. So he handed me this deck and inside of this deck, they had a three-year exit strategy. Wow. So they're selling me all this pie in the sky yeah. saying that we're in this for the long haul and they already had an exit strategy. Wow. So you have to be careful with who you allow to be on your cap table. Yeah. You have to be careful with who you allow to be on your board. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because what they would do, they would boot you out of your own organization. Yeah. And they will sabotage your organization. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you have to make sure you have it's, it's, it's a marriage. Yeah. Just like you get to know someone, mm -hmm. you spend years in the game mm -hmm. building that relationship. Yeah. You have to do the same thing with an investor because it is a marriage. Wow. wow. And you don't want to have an early divorce. Wow. And so, you know, I don't know if, if you could divorce, but like, like where after you found this out, like, mm -hmm. what, what was there a conversation? Like, what happened as far as knowing that they had a... It was a toxic relationship. Mm, yeah, From yeah. Th that point on, it became even more toxic. Yeah. I spent majority of my time meeting with board members and having all of these high-level conversations and instead of actually growing and scaling the business, yeah. making sure that the business is profitable yeah. and that we're meeting all the projections that we had and the document from the beginning with. Right, right, right. right. So right. that's what I had to do. I yeah. was like, man, this this is this is not an environment yeah. for you to actually grow and scale and create the impact and wealth that you want. Yeah, yeah, nah, got it, got it, got it. And so, you know, what could people do right now to make their business fundable? Mm, great question. First answer to that is make sure you actually have skin in the game. Mm. Right. So when we start talking about ownership, that ownership mindset is you having skin in the game, yeah. your livelihood, your job, your uh, wealth, everything depends on you succeeding. Mm -hmm. When you have that mindset and you start going and asking for this money, that investor, that funder, mm -hmm. they see it. They see the energy that you have. Mm -hmm. So always make sure you have that investor, that ownership mindset, mm -hmm. right? And one of the things I would say to people is that make sure you have alignment. You have alignment with what your, your purpose is. Mm -hmm. You have alignment with your proprietorship brand, your personal brand, as well as your product brand. Mm -hmm. Because when you have that alignment, you can create a seamless brand story. Mm -hmm. And you start creating those brand worlds, story worlds, right? So when people, when these these brands are like your aura, mm -hmm. right? When you meet somebody new and you're saying, hey, man, I, I, I got a good feeling from mm -hmm. this person. I, yeah. I feel the energy. Your brand is just like that. It's either going to attract somebody or it's going to detract people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's going to push them away. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you have the alignment and you need to make sure that your, your story is concise yeah. and it's compelling. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, once someone has that, right, they've created this alignment. Where do you look, you know? Because, again, I know there's a a lot of people that have, like, great ideas, Mm -hmm. and they just don't know where the money is. They don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, how to find the money. They don't know how to, you know, attract, you know, investors or, you know, like, even from a nonprofit Mm -hmm. perspective. Like, where does someone find money to invest in their business? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the three different types of capital. You have financing, you have equity financing, mm-hmm. you have debt financing, you have charitable financing, mm. right? So the government will also fall underneath that charitable financing because you have those SBIR grants that you don't have to pay back, right? When you look for that funding, you figure out what your purpose is and you have that alignment with your, your organization and your brand, you Google and you look for people who are looking to invest in that. Mm, right. Mm, so mm. if you are a not for profit organization mm-hmm. and you focus on economic development, yep. you're going to look for major foundations that fund economic development programs. Right. So you're looking for the Coffin Foundation. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the Certain Foundation. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the Knight Foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you are a funder and you have a beauty care line, you're going to look for venture capitalists or private equity, depending on the level of your business, mm-hmm. who focus on CPG companies, mm-hmm. consumer packaged good companies, mm-hmm. because that is their lane, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to identify and understand the industry that you are in and then attend conferences and events that are around that, mm-hmm. right? That focus area. Yeah. And that's the way you you um you actually raise this money and scale it. Yeah, and relationships and, is the key. Yeah, and I was gonna say that because I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just one way, right? It's not just like all right, shoot an email and that's it. Like you said, attend conferences, meet people, you know, you know, have those conversations, build those connections, and then, and then so like you know, as you're building the connections. How, how does one approach someone about funding, right? Like, how do, like, what does that conversation sound like? Like, if I, you know, I find a uh, organization that's funding or venture capital or, you know, you know, private equity, if I find, uh, you know, the, the type of funding that I'm, mm-hmm. that I'm interested in, is it just like, hey, I have this business, you know, I, I need money for it? Or like, what, what's, what, what does the conversation look like? Hi, my name is Derek Pearson. I'm the executive director of the Center for Black Innovation. Our purpose is to eliminate innovation deserts in Black communities and to make capital pathways more equitable. We do that through our four main pillars. Our first pillar is entrepreneurial support. It has two programs. The first program is our accelerator program. The second one is our Investor Accreditation Academy. The, the second area is our education division. We had uh, we rebranded just last year from Cold Fever Miami to the Center for Black Innovation to better encompass the totality of the work that we do. And we focus on cybersecurity as well as full-stack JavaScript development. Our third area is our Ecosystem Builders Fellowship Program. We look for people that look like us and do the work that we do. And we help them build partnerships, coalitions, and scale and grow their impact. And the last area that we focus on is our research division. That research division, we acquired a company out of uh, Chicago called Black Tech Mecca. They had a proprietary uh, rating system. Now we've integrated that into our organization, and this is how we enact change. Mm. It's a pleasure meeting you. <laughs> Yo, he gets in the bag, and, and that's why he gets in the bag, right? And so you've answered that so eloquently, right? So instead of answering the question, you actually kind of showed that. And and I and I appreciate that because a lot of times, you know, people can't articulate what their business does. Uh, they can't articulate 
the value that it gives. And if I understand correctly, that is the key. The key is to be able to articulate the value that your business you know, provides. And that's the alignment. Yeah. If you look at my purpose, why? I stated my purpose. Mm-hmm. When I applied to Morehouse College, I wanted to be a pillar in the Black community. That's my personal purpose, yeah. right? And then you have the organizational vision. It wants to eliminate innovation deserts, and it wants to create equitable capital pathways. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? We want to make sure that there's an environment for entrepreneurs to innovate and grow, mm-hmm. right? And we also want to make sure that the capital is there for them to innovate mm-hmm. and grow. Mm-hmm. And how do you I enact all of this change mm-hmm. through my programs? And I showed you how all of my programs roll up into all those different areas. Mm-hmm. That is perfect alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. That's what a fundable brand is. To be able to have those conversations, to be able to speak it, to be able to embody the message and the brand so that your aura, again, becomes strong. It's like karma, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is is there like a type of like structure that allows you to get funded better? Like could, you know, could I start a t-shirt line in my basement and have a soul, you know, have it as a sole proprietor and then, and then you know, get money to, to, mm. to get it funded? So now you get into that sauce. I'm going to go ahead and give y'all this one because my man ass said he wanted it, right? Yeah, yeah. So positioning for success. Mm. You have to have purposeful positioning. Mm. You have to have proper positioning and you have to have profitable positioning. Mm. All right. So when we start talking about being purposeful and we start talking about the structure of your organization, if you want to have, if you want to go after funding from major foundations, Mm -hmm. you have to be a 501c3 organization Mm -hmm. or they're not going to touch you. Yeah. Right. And then that's the only way you're going to be able to get multi-year grants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where the secret sauce is, mm-hmm. right? If you want to create a sustainable organization as a not-for-profit, you need to have multi-year grants, right? And the only way you can get that is by having the right structure. And that's the 501c3 structure, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to get venture capital, you have to be a C or C type organization, mm. right? If you want to go public on a stock exchange, you have to be a C type organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to understand the different types of structures, corporate structures, mm-hmm. right? So you have a sole proprietorship, you have an LLC, you have an LLP, you have a business corp, you have a 501c3, you have an S type, and you have a C type. If you want the funding, mainly you're going to be a C-type or a 501c3. You have certain individuals through the friends and family round that will invest in all those other types. Never create a sole proprietorship Mm. because you have no legal protection. Mm. Everything else has legal protection. Mm. It protects your personal assets. Mm. But a sole proprietorship allows them to come after you and the business assets. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So talk to us about, you. I mean, you started a, a five-day challenge that helps people build fundable, you know, brands, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about your challenge and, you know, some of the things that people will, you know, have access to, you know, for five days, spending, t- spending time oh, with Oh, man. For five days, you have access to me, right? Um, so the first day, we're going to talk about your mindset. 
Like, so how do you shift that mindset from a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance? Mm. And how does an abundance mindset work for you as you raise money? Mm. You have to understand that money is out here in the ether. Mm. It is plentiful. It's right here in front of you. And But if you think that you don't have access to it, if you think that it's hard to uh, uh, receive it, you will never have it. So you have to reframe that mindset. Because the money is there. Mm. There's so much money out here that venture capitalists, private equity people, um, as well as angel investors, they don't know how to deploy it. Wow, yeah, yeah. That's why they have money sitting in a checking account as opposed to being able to invest into a startup founder yeah. or being able to invest into a stock, a value-based stock. Yeah, It's so much money. And if you look at COVID, you have people that have skyrocketed their income, mm -hmm. right? So change that mindset is the first key. Mm -hmm. The second area is where I'm going to tell you how to supercharge it. Mm -hmm. How do you supercharge your impact and your ability to create wealth, mm -hmm. right? Because the secret sauce, one of my mentors, same mentor, we had the same mentor, Myron Golden says that your second biggest expense is your taxes. Mm -hmm. And what did he say your first big expense? biggest expense is. is what you don't know <laughs> yep. yep how to make a million dollars and i would say and add that that is not your biggest expense mm. your biggest expense is that you don't know how to make a million dollars with other people's money oh yeah yeah. That is how you compress time. Mm -hmm. That is how you compete with the big boys, mm -hmm. right? So if Ash Cass is able to raise $100 million and I'm over here and I have some IP and I'm only sitting over here at $10 million, how am I going to compete with you? Mm -hmm. You can knock on my door the next day and say, hey, I want to buy you for $20 million. Mm -hmm. I want to buy you for $50 million. And you still have $50 million to play with, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So using other people's money is that is it allows you to exponentially grow your wealth and your impact. Mm, wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Okay, okay. You know, so you talked about the first day, second day, you know, at the end of the five days, like what, what, are, what are people going to get out of your challenge? So at the end of the five days, what people are going to get at the end of this challenge is they're going to have a full brand story. Mm. They're going to be able to create brand worlds. They're going to be able to have conversations and pitch themselves just like I pitched you mm. about the Center for Black Innovation. Yeah. And that's the first step in being able to raise money. Not only that, they're going to know where to identify the funders for the corporate structure that they have created for their own business and venture. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And so right now, you you know, there, there's some... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Somebody who is working a nine-to-five, they want to, you know, start a business. What kind of advice would you be giving that person who's currently working, trying to either they have a side hustle or they're trying to start a business? Hmm. If you are currently working, the best way to leave and grow your side business is to raise money. 
Because if you raise $500 million or $50,000 or $100,000, you can pay your salary and you can get up out of there and you can actually scale and dedicate your time, your energy to creating wealth and a legacy for yourself and your kid. Mm, Nice, nice, nice. All this sounds good, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's... You know, there's somebody that just has a mindset that's like, nah, it can't be that easy or there has to be more to it. Like what, you know, how do you help somebody change their mindset so that they can see the abundance that's their birthright, that they can see that there's a lot of money out here that they don't have access to? What is that first, you know, step in in, in like opening up the mind and changing that mindset? The first step is to go out and ask for a check. Mm. Like once you create your brand story and you create that alignment, you can go to a not-for-profit organization. If you're a 501c3 organization, go to a foundation and say, hey, I want $5,000. Or you can go to the next one and say, hey, I want $10,000. Like on the regular, corporations will write checks for $250,000 and not blink. Right. Right. So major foundations will write checks for twenty five thousand dollars and not blink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have fellowships out here that will pay you to create an idea. Mm. If you look at the Echo and Green Fellowship, the Echo and Green Fellowship will pay you eighty thousand dollars for your idea and your concept. They will give you health care and you can scale and grow your impact. You can do what you were meant to do. Wow. And so and so if I if I hear you correctly, it almost feels like get the no, right? And st- instead of staying in your head and and saying that there's no opportunities, go out there um, and 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 improve it. And just ask. And just ask. You have not because you ask not. Closed mouths don't get fed. Facts, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. And so what a thing is, this, like, like we stated earlier, like when you have these individuals, you are talking to, most people talk to people that do not have the authority to say yes, yeah, yeah. right? So, the quality of your answer, your of your questions dictate the quality of your uh, your um your answers. Mm-hmm. So you need to ask them the right questions, mm-hmm. right? A fundable brand is a brand that provides a solution, mm-hmm. right? A brand that gives a person what they want. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying earlier, a not-for-profit organization is in the people transformation business. Mm-hmm. A for-profit in, uh, entity is in the people what. They are in the people satisfaction industry, right? So are you selling what they're buying? That's the secret sauce. Most people are out here selling to people that don't want what they're selling. Right, right, right. 100%. Right? So I can't go to a Procter & Gamble and say, hey, I'm a not-for-profit and I'm selling... I'm selling uh this people transfer. I'm, I'm selling this program that has nothing to do with CPG companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I have a program that teaches entrepreneurs how to create CPG companies, mm-hmm. Procter & Gamble will write that check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I have a program that teaches people how to get into Web3 mm-hmm. te- and teaches people how to get into FinTech, mm-hmm. Barclays mm-hmm. will write that check. Yeah. Wells Fargo mm-hmm. will write that check. Yeah, yeah. You have to sell what people are buying. Mm-hmm. So ask the right questions. What does success look like for you? Mm. What do you actually want? Wow. What do I need to provide for you for you to write that check? Wow. At the size that I want you to write. Right. I need you to say that again, right? Because I I, I, I love those questions because what does success look like for you? Right? And the reason why I think that's so important is because a lot of times people are going into things thinking about themselves, right? They're thinking about what this check would do for them personally or for the fallacy of an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. 
an entrepreneur or startup, the first thing and responsibility of that startup is customer discovery and customer acquisition. Yeah. And you have to identify what are the needs of the customer. Yeah. It's not about what Ash wants. Yeah. It's not about what Derek wants. Yeah. It's not about what anybody wants. It's about what the customer wants. Yeah. Because if you're not selling what they're buying, you're going to be sitting on a lot of trash. Wow, 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 wow. What do you want from your business? And so... Where did you get sort of like the skills and the, you know, the, the the wherewithal to be able to, like, you've raised millions of dollars. You've done a lot of great things. Where did that, where did you get that, that the confidence and the skills to be able to do so? Oh, I was a roadie for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I did product lunches for Nintendo, mm -hmm. Sony, the Air Force, you name it. Yeah. I did product lunches for all these companies. So the We Fit, yeah. I launched that joint mm -hmm. on the West Coast. Yeah. Right, so that, as well as being an entrepreneur and raising money yeah. for my first startup, was me starting that process of raising money. Mm. Because if you don't have money and you need to play the game of business, you got to be able to raise money so you can compete with the others playing the game. Mm. And 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 then so so if I hear you correctly, you took the information that's, you know, you know, you, you were working to learn, right? You were, you know, someone hired you to do to learn or to to work. That same information, you took that and you were able to apply it to, to your business. Exactly. Yeah. I was in experiential marketing. Yeah. So experiential marketing is like the physical manifestation of branding, mm -hmm. right? You're creating an experience. You're creating an emotional change for a person. Like Nintendo knew that 99% of the people that tried the Wii Fit what purchased the Wii Fit. Mm. They created an avatar. Who was that avatar? It was a soccer mom. Mm. The mom who controlled the person in the house mm -hmm. that was carrying one kid in one arm, the soccer ball in the other one, and she drove a minivan. Mm. And that's why they were able to sell out before it even hit the shelf. Wow, wow. The same day, no Wii Fits on the shelf. Wow. So when you create that type of experience in your business, that emotional connection with the co consumer and the customer, you're creating something that becomes a magnetic resource, a magnetic force, a magnetic force for wealth and impact. Wow, wow. And what, what would you say is the, the, the toughest part of getting a business funded? The toughest part of getting a business funding is funded is getting out of your own way. Mm, okay. It's the mindset shift. Yeah. Like I said, the money is out here. Yeah. You just don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to present yourself yeah. and present your business. Yeah. And you're selling to the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the one of the caveats is that the people who actually get the money, they mess up. Because most of the time, the funders who actually wrote that first check are willing to write a second check, mm. write a third check. But my boy Spectacular, we invited him to Black Tech Week in 2016, and he put me on game. That's where he met his uh, his mentor, billionaire founder of uh, Priceline. Spectacular had this ability to know everybody's birthday, to know where they met them. Mm. And it taught me the value of maintaining and building relationships. Mm. So if you want that follow-on funding, you want that second check, that third check, you need to continue to foster and nurture those relationships with the funder mm. that you already have. Mm. Because that begins the process of creating a magnetic brand, mm. a brand that attracts funding. Yeah. That is the highest level of branding as it relates to funding mm. and raising money. Yeah. When they see Ash Cash, they say, oh man, I just want Ash to 
cash this check. Yeah, yeah. Let me get a piece of that equity. Yeah. But Ash is like, nah, I want to maintain my equity. Right. I, I still want to own 60% of my right, business, right? Right, 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 right? But you have all these people around you, checks start getting larger. Mm. Here's a hundred. Yeah. Hundred thousand. Here's a million. Yeah. Here's a hundred million. Hey, I'll buy y'all for a billion. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's when you have that attraction. Your brand has that aura to be able to attract that funding. Yeah. And now you have the ability to say no and keep it moving because now you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. What would you say is the biggest mistake that people who are looking for funding for their business make? The biggest mistake is that they're not making the right ask, mm -hmm. right? They're either asking for too little mm. or they're asking for too much mm. based on where their business is at that time mm. or the strength of their idea. Let me tell you this. One way that you can raise as much money as you need for your business is by having a competitive moat. Mm. Warren Buffett said this. A competitive moat is a protective moat around your business. That means that your competitors can't even come and compete with you, wow. right? That can come in the form of an exclusive contract mm -hmm. with a major corporation. That can come in the form of IP where you have a patent and trademark. Mm -hmm. That comes in the form of you just having so many people on your your platform, a billion dollars, a billion people on your platform like Instagram. Mm -hmm. Instagram wasn't making no money. They was losing money. Right. But it had a billion people. Right. So Facebook said, okay, I'm going to pay you a billion plus dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They had a competitive moat. Right. Right? The same thing with TikTok. Right. TikTok could write their own check. Right? Yeah. Because they were able to compete with everybody else because of their platform and the user base. Yeah. Either you're going to have user bases or you're going to have IP that protects you or you're going to have partnerships that create the exclusivity around your product and your service. Mm, got you, got you, got you. Let's switch gears a little bit, right? You are a successful entrepreneur. You've helped businesses get funding. You help them now. With where you are today, uh, if you were to to go back in time and talk to 18-year-old Derek Pearson, mm. uh, what advice are you giving Derek mm. at 18? If you have no buns, you get no funds. Mm, okay. So you have to build lasting relationships with people. Yeah. Like, we're not talking about the superficial relationships, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? The same way we look at a brand and a brand has those three areas, it focuses on the look and the emotion that it gives you. Yeah. It focuses on the value that it gives to the customer yeah. and it focuses on the potential value that it gives to an investor. You need to be able to create bonds where you are a resource to them. Mm -hmm. They see value in you. Mm -hmm. So many of the fund, fund managers that I help, they see value in me. Mm -hmm. So when I ask them to come and speak, they will come and speak. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I put them in an environment where they can actually bring in LPs into their fund, mm -hmm. which are limited partners, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I bring entrepreneurs to speak because entrepreneurs know that I'm going to have angel investors in the audience. They know mm -hmm. that I'm going to have venture capitalists in the audience. And if they are far along, they're $100 million, $200 million a year revenue company, I have private equity people in the audience. Mm -hmm. You always have to be a resource, and that's how you create those bonds. Because they know that they can depend on you for that need and they're always going to call you or you can depend on them. Nah, I love it. You said this a, a few times, you know, in the episode, we talk about private equity, right? Mm -hmm. um, for those who may, who are looking, who may not know um, what private equity is, what, what, what is private equity? All right, so the skinny is this. 
So when you create uh, on your organization, a startup, a startup is the riskiest of in investments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. So on the only people who actually invest during that time period are the friends and family. Either you're going to put your own money up, cash going to say, hey, mama, I got this idea. You willing to invest $10,000 in your son's business? Mm-hmm. Or you have this angel investor. You you got a CPG company and you have this individual over here, Derek. Let's just say you have Derek over here. Derek is a previous uh, executive from Procter & Gamble mm-hmm. who specializes in creating products, consumer products, mm-hmm. right? So I see the value in the product that you're creating. So I'm going to invest. Mm-hmm. So that's one key mistake that people make is that, they don't actually seek money from people who specialize in the field that they're going in, the oh, industry that they're going in, yeah. right? So that's what venture capital is. And then you have the seed round. You have the A round, the B round. So all that means is that I'm raising money at, diff- at different time periods, mm-hmm. at different points in the in the business. So my value, they say I can sell my, I'm valued at a million dollars, Right. Or I raise between one million dollars and five million dollars and anything over that five million dollars. Then I start going into my A round. Mm-hmm. Then I my, my third round, I go into my B round. So that's what venture capitalists. Um, that's what they, they that's, that's their playground. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Private equity is different. Private equity doesn't invest in speculation. They invest in businesses that are actually generating profits and mm-hmm. revenues. Right. So you have to have a strong, a viable business in order for you to get the private equity dollars, mm-hmm. right? So all we're talking about is two different buckets, yep. right? Yep. So you have venture, you have private equity, then you have uh, investment banking. They're entrepreneurs that are ready to go public mm-hmm. and be listed on the NASDAQ and be listed on uh, any other the New York Stock Exchange, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have hedge funds. Hedge funds are just like the bottom feeders. They buy up anything. Yeah, they want yeah, anything, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Normally, they don't go into venture because they have a financial responsibility to a lot of their money coming from pension funds, mm, okay. right? So they can't go that far down, yeah. but they pay in anything else. So real estate, private equity, uh, publicly traded entities, like commodities, mm-hmm. hedge funds do it all. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Appreciate appreciate that. And so... What would you say now, you know, at, at the level of success that you're at, you know, wh- what would you say is the most uh, extravagant thing you've done with money personally? It's a number of things. It's not too extravagant. Oh, well, the most extravagant thing is that my wife, she test drove a um, 2021 Mercedes uh, GLS 450. Mm-hmm. And the week later, I went to the store and I bought it for her. Mm, nice, nice. Right? Yeah. So, and then uh, she also wanted to be a property owner. Mm-hmm. So we went to my old town, uh, Bainbridge, Georgia, and we saw this property, lakefront property, property, and we went and bought it in cash. Nice, nice. So nice. we're going to build her retirement home there. Mm, nice, nice, nice. And what, what would you say is the most uh, impactful thing you've done with money so far? The most impactful would be starting cold fever Miami. Mm. Because when we had feverish popsicles, we made sure that 5% of our revenues, well, our profits went into not-for-profit organizations. Mm -hmm. So 5% of all the money that we were making went into cold fever Miami, Mm -hmm. right? And cold fever Miami became the Center for Black Innovation. Mm -hmm. Cold fever Miami created Black Tech Week. Mm -hmm. Cold fever Miami created the VCN Residence Program. Mm -hmm. And we've helped and supported all of these organizations yeah. to be able to the um, to tout 
that the entrepreneurs that we helped and supported and influenced have raised over $100 million. Wow. The fund managers have now, they have raised over $20 million. Wow. And not-for-profit organizations, we've helped them raise over $15 million. Wow. Right? So we're helping people make all this, this money. Wow. Wow. When it's all said and done, finish the sentence for me, right? When it's all said and done, I will be... When it's all said and done, I will be the owner of the largest black bank in the world. Wow. All right, so we're going to do our our lightning round. Mm -hmm. Um, And in our lightning round, what we do is we take bank terms Mm -hmm. uh, and we flip them for us inside the vault. Nice. Right? And so... Our first term is going to be deposit slip, right? Okay. Um, and when you, you know, a deposit slip, you go into the bank, you fill out the, you know, fill out the deposit slip and you put the money into the bank, right? But for us here inside the vault, deposit slip is a money mistake, a slip up. Mm. What would you say is the biggest deposit slip that you've made Man. in your journey so far? The biggest one. Before me and my wife, we started Feverish Popsicle. We were in experiential marketing, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Nintendo had let us go. We used the last of our savings to invest in an old P30 box truck for an uh, ice cream truck. Okay. That same day we got it, we drove it off. We drove around the block and it died. Wow. So all of our savings tied up into this broken down truck. Wow. That we used to start our business. Wow. So that was our biggest. That was our biggest mistake. Oof. And then, and then, what, what, what did what'd you wind up? How did you bounce back from that? What did you wind up doing? The universe helped us. Mm. The universe helped us because a company out of Jupiter mm. called us to do an ice cream event for 500 employees at two of the locations mm. right down the street from each other. Mm. So we hired a tow truck to tow the truck from Delray Beach, Florida, all the way up to the top of Palm Beach County. Mm from the bottom of Palm Beach County to the top of Palm Beach County and do the event. Wow. And the truck broke down in front of the owner of the business. And he got out, he came and helped me push the truck to the next location. Wow. But every year after that, they hired us to do their employee appreciation parties. Wow. Wow. And he never lets me forget. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, term number two. Uh, it's charge-off, right? And so charge-off, uh, you borrow money from the bank. You don't pay the bank back. The bank is trying to figure out how they can get the money, but eventually, like, you know what? I ain't never going to get this money back, so I'm going to charge it off. Mm. Uh, for us inside the vault, a charge-off is people or mindsets, right? What kind of people or mindset did you have to charge off while you were on your journey? Mm. On my journey, I had to charge off the mindset that I can do everything by myself. And that's why I say you have to build the bonds in order to get the funds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because those relationships that you build and the appreciation and the the teaching of people uh, or or treating people like they're human Mm -hmm. and treating people like they're valued Mm -hmm. allows you to raise the money and push your organization to where it needs to be. Mm. Love it, love it. Last but not least, you know, ATM, right? Normally, uh, you know, you you put your, your your debit card inside the machine, mm-hmm. you get you get money right out. Uh, but for us inside the vault, ATM 
is another teachable moment for those who are watching the entrepreneurs, the nine to fivers, the people who are like, I'm ready to scale. Give them one more teachable moment that's going to help them get their business to that next level. Mm. Y'all been getting all the sauce today. <laughs> all right. One more teachable moment to bring your business to the next level. That teachable moment is that you just need to start. Because as soon as you get your MVP, the conversations um, and the energy around you and around the goals that you set for will transform the universe around you. It will attract those things necessary to scale and grow your businesses, right? Yeah. So I, I would give the example of me and Felicia, my wife. We were we created Kofi for Miami. And we were trying to raise all this money for this organization. And we're meeting with one of the largest foundations in the world, which is Knight Foundation. And every time they would turn us down until we pulled this guy named Matt Hagman to the side. He's like the godfather of Miami. Mm -hmm. We pulled him to the side and we said, Matt, we need to get this money. And he said, just do the event. And once you do the event and you come back and just ask me, then I'll write you the check. Mm -hmm. And that's just how simple it is. Wow. Take your first step and other people will meet you. Wow. 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 All right, y'all. Derek Pearson dropping a lot of bars on how you can create a fundable brand. You know, make sure you join his five-day challenge inside fundablebrands.com. Again, tell the people, you know, you know, what experience they get to, uh, you know, you know, what they get from hanging out with you for five days. Oh, for five days, you're going to get uh, my guide. My guide is going to walk you through my framework on how to actually create that story, create that brand story so that you can easily have these conversations so that you can easily transform the mindset of the investor to write that check for you. Uh, the second day, we're going to have a mindset shift, right? We're going to talk about abundance, the law of abundance, and how that applies to investing, right? As a CEO, a CEO is, is an investor, right? So we want to make sure that you have the proper mindset to be a capital allocator, which is a person that knows how to raise money and knows how to deploy money. The other one, the, uh, the second day, I'm going to teach you the secret sauce on how to scale your impact and your wealth by using other people's money. Right. This is something that I don't tell anybody, but you're actually going to learn on that second day. The third day, going to have a special guest for you. Mm. Special guest is going to drop some nuggets for you. All right. And on the fourth and the fifth day, it's going to be us just putting feet to the floor and and just going through the challenge and making sure that by the time you end this challenge, you have your full brand story. You have your full roadmap on where and how to raise the money necessary to scale and grow your wealth and your impact. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it here. Make sure you all tap in. Y'all know how we do as insiders. We want the most premium access. So, you know, whether, you know, you know, take advantage. VIP is always going to get you the most information that you have possible. Uh, if somebody wanted to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me at Derek Pearson at CFBI, the Center for Black Innovation. Um, and you can also find me at BuildFundableBrands.com. All right, y'all. Another awesome episode of Inside the Vault. We are closing out the vault. Make sure you visit our website, InsideTheVaultShow.com. Follow us on all social media platforms at Inside the Vault. Me, visit me at IamAshCash.com. Follow me on all social media platforms at IamAshCash.com. 
I'll see you next time. Same time, same place. In God's will. All right, y'all. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.